Hey all, my name is Brian Baird. Welcome to my program called Truth is Truth. The program is a faith-based podcast. I will be discussing biblical truth, biblical faith, biblical faith in politics, and many of my life experiences relating to both, and hopefully experiences of others who are willing to be involved. This will be an evolving life application program that people will be able to apply to their lives every day as it pertains to them. Please join me as we learn the truth together. Thank you, and God bless. Hi all, Brian Baird here again, host of Truth is Truth podcast. If you have listened before, welcome back. I hope God has blessed you through this podcast. This first time listening, I hope you will be blessed as you listen. I know I've discussed some controversial issues on this podcast, but honestly, someone needs to do it. And I guess I will be one of them. The common focus of this podcast is biblical truth. And any issue I've discussed on these podcasts has been based on that. Yes, sometimes the truth may offend those who do not want to hear the truth or disagree with the truth. But as I've said many times, truth is truth, whether you believe it or not. We will again look at biblical truth that has been beat about for many years. Uh, Number one is that God created as the most powerful spiritual being. He is the only being powerful enough to create, even creating himself on this earth as 100% man and 100% God. It was no accident as nothing created was an accident. Number two, that will be my main focus on this podcast, is the flood that again happened throughout the whole earth, as the Bible says, and happened in judgment by God of his creation, which is his right to judge and do what he wills in his perfect righteousness. Now to understand how a whole earth flood can happen, we have to understand God. God can and does anything he wills, and in that can allow all things also, as he shows us through his word. He created all, allows what he allows, and judges what he judges. To understand the earth-wide flood, we must first understand God's creation of the earth and man. And as always, let's look at some scripture to get started. Then God said, Let there be a firmament expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament expanse, and divided the waters which were under the firmament firmament expanse from the waters which were above the firmament expanse, and it was so. Genesis 1, 6, and 7. Firmament, or expanse, is the portion of God's creation named heavens, that which man saw when he looked up, which is what we're looking at there is the atmosphere and the stellar heaven. Firmament is an expanse between the waters suspended by God in vapor uh, from over the earth. Most likely, approximately half of the waters upon the earth were supernaturally elevated above the atmosphere, uh, perhaps in the form of an invisible vapor canopy. How it was done, I can't uh, specifically tell you that's above my pay grade, but what I can tell you is, is that it was there. But this canopy would have trapped the Earth's heat with a greenhouse effect and would have provided a uniform tropical climate everywhere until it collapsed on the Earth during the universal rainfall at the time of the Great Flood, which we will see in Genesis chapter 7, verse 11. This might explain the longer life described in Genesis 5 in addition to providing a water source for the flood of chapter 6 to 9. I don't believe that God expects us to scientifically figure out how this all came about. He just expects us to have faith that he did it. And let's be clear, it's hard to explain God and what God does because of his supernatural powers that we can't understand and our mind can't fathom. That is how powerful our God is. Uh, it's, It's not something that we can really 
uh, relate to. We just have to believe it in faith. But the firmament, under the firmament, this refers to the subterranean reservoirs also in, in chapter 7 and 11. Above the firmament, uh, this most probably was a canopy of water which acted to make the earth like a hothouse or a greenhouse and provided uniform temperature, inhibited mass air movements, and caused mist to fall. And it also filtered out ultraviolet rays, if you look at it from a scientific point of view, thus extending life, uh, which is why mankind probably lived much longer in those days uh, before the flood. So basically, the earth had water in it, on it, and above it that made a very healthy living place that allowed longer age, healthier life, and bigger, stronger, smarter people. And whether we want to believe that or not, truth is truth. We are not the ultra-intelligent people we want to think we are. God has allowed us to evolve as he wills. Remember, God has already seen this as he sees all things, including the future. But as today, intelligence doesn't stop sin and degradation. In Genesis chapter 6, in verses 1 through 5, we see sin was rampant. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children unto them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. These verses explain the life and attitude of these times, which much like today were godless. Verse 6-6 six, six reveals how bad it was. Genesis 6-6 six, six says, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Folks, this was going to get real, and it was going to get real quick. Genesis 6-7, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Hence the judgment. And it was swift, and it was harsh. But that's God's righteousness in the way God is. But praise God, Noah found grace in God's eyes, as we see in verses 8.22. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through men. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. 
a window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. From under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thy and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And I want you to notice right here, it said, and two of every sort shall come unto thee. God sent the animals to Noah. Noah did not go out looking for the animals. God sent them to him. That's how powerful our mighty God is. And he goes on to say, And they take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah, according to all that God had commanded him, so did he. So Noah and his family were serving God by faith, and God used them to save all creation, humankind as well as all other life created. He gave specific instruction to Noah on all things. This was not an easy task in any way. God will always give the faithful believer a way out, though sometimes it will be difficult, especially if we try to do it on our own without the instruction of God. God told Noah how it was going to happen, and Noah believed every word and did as God said. In chapter 7, God instructed Noah how to bring the animals on board the ark, just as he instructed him on how to build the ark. And you can read this on your own, and please do, as it's really, really interesting. But this brings us to chapter 7, verse 10 and 11. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. Please understand, until this day, no one had ever seen rain come from the sky. Noah was telling these people of the world that the world was going to flood, and part of that flooding was going to come from the sky. They could not see how this could be, because they did not know God. They had left God, and they'd forgotten about Him, just like we have today. The world hates God, and it shows continually. But that does not mean that God is not real or alive and is in control of all things. He is very real, and He is very in control. And he is very alive. Please, please, creation, wake up. Verses 7, 12 through 20 talk about how much water was on the whole earth, not just part of it, all of it. The whole earth was covered to destroy all life, except for what was in the ark. Genesis seven twenty one says, And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beast and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man. All in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land, died. That's verse 22. 
These are some of the saddest verses for me in the Bible. Anytime a life is lost without God, I'm deeply saddened. I don't care who you are, where you are, or what kind of life you're living. There is no one that I want to see receive this type of ending. More than the earthly death, the eternal death away from God and his love, grace, and mercy will be the most awful thing mankind has or ever will see. It truly cuts my heart to the core. It's painful to understand what is going to be. But praise God for verse 23. This gives me hope for mankind even today. Genesis 7.23 And every living substance was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of the heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. Through all the evil, all the violence that was going on in this world, just as we're seeing today, God preserved the creation, showing us that we have hope in our faith that we will be saved from the same fate of eternal life in hell. Christ became our ark. He not only saves us, he gives us life more abundantly as he did no one his family and those saved of creation at that time. A new beginning. We will have the same thing, a new beginning with no ending in his care. Praise God. Chapter 8. And God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the 150 days, the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, upon the mountains of Ararat. And the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. And it came to pass at the end of forty days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he made, and he sent forth a raven, which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand, and took her, and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days, and again he sent forth a dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet other seven days, and sent forth a dove, which returned not again unto him any more. And it came to pass in the six hundredth and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the seventh and twentieth day of the month, was the earth dried. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife, and thy sons and thy sons' wives, with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee, of all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth that they may breed abundantly in the earth and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. 
And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kinds went forth out of the ark. Noah, his family, and all other creation stepped out of the safety of the ark into a regenerated earth. I bet it was beautiful, virtually untouched by sinful human hands for that moment of time. What a sight that would have been. Life began again in a beautiful earth that God had created. This, in so many ways, is showing us Christ and what we will see. Our new life begins when we accept Christ into our lives and give ourselves to him and his protection. Christ is the ark. We are Noah and his family saved in him. What a truth. We who believe on Christ will live forever in a new life and creation that we will not be able to comprehend until we get there. Through God's word, we have proved both God as the creator and judge. The flood is true and real over the entire earth and disproved evolution and the theory of the so-called layers and millions of years. God's word allows about one year of our calendar time for the flood from start to finish. Some say 371 days, which I think is close. But that is in no way as critical as the fact that there is no way there are millions of years since the earth was created. The Bible, from my count, gives it of the age of about 6,000 years, give or take a very few. Adam was created on day six. So there were five days before him. If we add the dates from Adam to Abraham, we get about 2,000 years. Using the Masoretic Hebrew text of Genesis 5 and 11, whether Christian or secular, most scholars would agree that Abraham lived about 2,000 years B.C., 4,000 years ago. So a simple calculation is five days plus 2,000 years plus 4,000 years equals 6,000 years in five days. Anyway, not millions, but thousands. Read, pray, and understand, my friends. Let the Holy Spirit guide your heart and mind. We have shown that the flood was worldwide. It was earthwide, and that all creation other than who God said lived, lived. And we need to understand that we're in a position in this earth right now, in a time period in this earth right now, where we're seeing many, many things um, that right now, are much worse than they were back then, in my eyes. But what I want us to understand is that judgment will come. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next year. But the time is coming that God will judge. And those of us who know Christ and who believe in him, in our hearts, in our faith and our hope, we know that Christ will return. And he will take us out of here with him to live with him in eternity because that's what the Bible says. I have in him watching all the people walking around like zombies, wearing masks and losing their identities. It's not only sad, but scary. The evil in this world is stealing our hearts and minds. They are playing gods in our lives. This is so wrong. People are losing and have lost their peace. Please do not be one of these. Listen, there will never be peace in this world. There will always be conflict and strife. Look around. Wake up, please. The only peace we have is in our God, in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is our only peace. 
If you are walking around in this zombie state, wake up. Read God's word and pray. Do not allow the evil in this world to get you down. Get up, stand up, and stay upright, allowing our true God to guide, strengthen, and give you peace. And I pray that God gives you safety, good health, and most of all, peace as you look to him, because you will not find that in this world. I do these podcasts because I care about people and I want people to know the truth. And I want all people, all people, to accept Christ, to live forever in the protection and the love and the grace and the mercy and the perfection of our God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please stay tuned for an upcoming podcast as I tell the story of a critical point in my life and how God again put me where he needed and wanted me. And remember when I say needed, I needed to be there, not God. God doesn't need me. I need God. But sometimes God has to put us in places that we're a little uncomfortable with to get us where we need to be to serve him in the way he would want us to serve him. But the story is an awesome miracle that was worked in my life, even though I didn't know it at the time. And I will head that direction unless God moves me in another area, which has happened several times during this podcast. And as I close, I've got to close with this because again, God put some things on my heart today. Today is September 11th, 2020, which is exactly 19 years to the day of when we had the 9-11 catastrophe and the terrorism that took place in this country from outside of this country, Uh, but it happened in this country. And I just want to say this, as we look and we see what's going on right now with the violence and the protests and the people hurting people, innocent people, uh, destroying property of, of innocent people and property that doesn't belong to those who are destroying I have to ask you this, and I want you to really, really think about this. What is different from that than those terrorists that flew into those towers and killed those people? On our streets in this country, we have the same thing happening right now. People destroying people's property, people killing innocent people for something that they believe not so much different than what those who flew those planes into those towers believed. Not in the sanctity of life of us in this United States. Not in the sanctity of life that God gave us and created in us. We are destroying that. And if you look back at God judging this world in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, in the days of Noah, Where are we now? I beg you people, people that are doing this violence, people that believe this is okay, people that are turning their backs on this, saying it is a protest for the righteous cause. There is no protest in this that's righteous. This is just violence against man. This is evil at its core. This is people taking the lives of other people, destroying property of innocent people. This is terrorism in our own country, from our own people. Please pray. Pray for these people. Pray for these things that are happening. Pray for the safety of God. Pray that God 
moves in the hearts of these people and causes them to understand what they do. I beg you, we need help. We need God in our lives. And we need him now. And with that said, I'm sorry I went off on that sidetrack. But God put it on my heart. And I had to say it. And as always, be of good cheer and continue to look to the heavens. The Lord is coming soon. Praise him. God willing, come today. And if not, we will meet again as we look at what God has for us. And I'll see you next time. God bless you all.